It's time for the number one talk show of Eastern Connecticut and Southern Rhode Island. The Stu Breyer Potpourri Talk Show on 1310 WICH. Now here's Stu Breyer. 94.5 FM. Welcome back to our program. It's a pleasure to have on our program for a segment. Erica Sanzi is the Director of Outreach for Parents Defending Education. Good morning, Erica. Good morning. Thanks for having me. It is my pleasure to have you. Um, something that we're, those who have common sense are all concerned about what's going on and what our children are getting taught these days. First of all, tell us about your organization. Sure. Um, our name is Parents Defending Education. We launched in um, the end of March of 2021, so we're quite new. Um, and we are fighting on multiple fronts, but essentially, you know, we came into being because we have concerns about the suppression of free speech in schools, the suppression of the free exchange of ideas in schools, um, and also where we always thought of schools as a place that would embrace diversity of viewpoint, really sort of foster that. Um, what we've come to see are schools that are barely even allowing a diversity of viewpoint and instead are really sort of pushing an ideology on um, not just their students, but also on their staff. Um, we also just really work to try to get the obvious hyper-politicization um, out of classrooms and also really try to, um, again, expose and then help motivate the public to try to get a lot of this activism out of the classroom and bring it back to, as, to being as non-political as possible. I think a lot of people, or most people, agree with you, and also the uh, the area where there are actually some things that um, the school takes over, what the kids should learn, and the parents uh, are not even told about it. That must be one of your high issues. Yeah, I mean, for sure, one of the big things that we deal with a lot is what is an obvious lack of transparency on the part of school districts. And that's always been a problem, but it was much less of a problem when, when you were really only thinking and talking about academic subjects. Now, as they've moved into this space of, um, again, like very extreme ideology, they moved really quick to, quickly into what they would probably call social justice, equity, diverse, diversity, inclusion, belonging. These are all words. Um, and so, and a lot of parents, again, they're caught flat-footed because many of the words that they found themselves nodding along with forever, they're not aware that a lot of the language has been hijacked. So when they hear the word inclusion, they think that that's a good thing until they realize well, what it really means is inclusion of certain people and ideas um, at the expense of other people and ideas. Um, and so there's just been so much, such a shift away from academics in a lot of these school systems and into this place of a fixation really on group identity, on power dynamics, on teaching students and staff, you know, that they have privilege because of the color of their skin or because they were born male or because they happen to be Christian or because mm -hmm. they're not overweight or because their parents are married. Um, and so there's a lot of shaming and denigration that goes on on the one side and there's also a lot of resentment and grievance that gets taught to students on the other side, um, all of which is not helping kids. And so in addition to seeing their academic outcomes in free fall, we also see their mental health in free fall. 
So these people that are presenting it, somehow in their minds they think that they were making things better, but I always felt that, as, as you mentioned, they're, they're literally dividing kids, so some don't feel as good as they should about themselves, and some should feel better, and some should feel guilty, and uh, people that never had any racism, you know, they're saying, well, we, I'm white, so I'm bad. Uh, how does that bring people together? I, I don't understand the lack of common sense there. It doesn't. And there's also an age-appropriateness component to a lot of this, right? So could a, you know, a, an older high school class, could they take, you know, two very opposing views um, on an issue of race or gender, and could they read the most compelling arguments on either side and debate it and then come to their own conclusions? They could, and that would probably be a valuable lesson. The problem is that in most cases, we don't see two competing views being presented. We see one view being presented, um, and it's almost like you're not even allowed to question it or deviate from it. But the other problem is what we see is, I mean, there was a school district in outside Chicago that required all kindergartners to read this picture book together. Um, and right in the book, it said, whiteness is a bad deal. It always was. And then it has a picture of like a contract with the devil and it lists all the reasons why whiteness is like is like having signed a contract with the devil. Now this was taught to kindergartners. So an adult could barely wrap their mind around that. Yeah, but when we're talking about children, what they're hearing is that something about them is bad. And just mm-hmm. as this was so disgraceful in the past when it happened to black children, and just as it is so disgraceful, as we're now obviously seeing when it happens to Jewish people, it's also disgraceful when it ha- happens to white people because they happen to be white. I mean, that is so pathetic. And uh, teachers that uh, there must be teachers that say, "Man, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to teach this. I don't want to do this." But I, I, I guess they wouldn't have a job. They wouldn't have a job in some cases, huh? Yeah, well, what we see often is that if they bring in, like, a diversity officer, those people are often, like, well, first of all, they're very highly paid, but they often are sort of, they have, they're bullies. And so what they do is even though they're only one person, they can sometimes be like a one-person wrecking ball. And so what happens often is that, you know, staff, they might be talking amongst themselves about how uncomfortable they are with this material. They might be talking to their spouses at home. They might be submitting tips to our, my organization because we've seen so much retaliation in the schools against parents, teachers who object that instead what happens is we'll often get, they'll send us you know, emails or training materials or you know, videos of, of school board meetings or video, I mean they just they'll send us primary source materials so that we can see what's going on and that we can sort of expose it to the public because they want it out there, but they don't want their name attached to it. Um, and again, who can blame them? Because this has become a condition of their employment. I had one teacher say to me, he works locally here, I live in Rhode Island, and he, he works in my state, and he said he felt like he had to take an ethical shower every day when he got home from work. Oh boy, and one side of his brain says, boy, I'm guilty, I'm going along with this. The other side, you want to keep your job. It's, it's a tough way to live. It's very difficult, and that's another reason sort of why we, our organization was founded, was because we wanted to help parents and teachers get information out to the public, help expose it, bring awareness. And again, we can expose it, and I have people in my life who look at it and think it's great. They don't see what the problem is. 
that's fine. Like, right? Like, we're, but, but we all, we mm-hmm. want everybody to be able to see it and come to their own conclusions because right now, what we see is that it, there's a dominant force in the schools, but it's actually a pretty small minority who believe all that and, and think that that's appropriate for kids. They just right now are holding sort of all the levers of power in the school system. Seems like it's spreading, that, spreading like a virus the way, the way I see it. So, yeah, first 100%. of all... And we need to flip that. And so the, the first step to flipping that is getting the public mm-hmm. um, educated and informed about what's actually happening. Do you find that more uh, parents now are homeschooling than ever? Yeah, those numbers are definitely on the rise. We're seeing a pretty um, pretty sizable drop in enrollment sort of around the country in the school districts. Now, that's also largely attributable to, to COVID because what happened was mm-hmm. in addition to the lockdowns, the school closures, the mask mandates, that overlapped a lot with parents becoming more aware of all of this sort of ideological, racially divisive, gender-related material in their schools. It was a wake-up call, yeah. Yeah, it was. And that was largely just because either they were hearing it coming in on the kids' laptops because school was at home now, or it was because as they began digging into their school district because of how angry they were about the COVID stuff, they discovered a whole lot more that they found really disturbing that they hadn't been aware of before. And so that is definitely leading to, um, there is definitely a spike in homeschooling. Black families in particular, I believe the rise for black families homeschooling is the highest. Um, And then also just lots of people finding other alternatives um, so most, many, I shouldn't, I would say many school districts, especially the big, large ones, are seeing pretty big drops in enrollment, um, which are going to have, you know, massive, con- when this ESSER money that they've been, you know, flush with runs out, they're going to have a massive um, problems financially. So what's, what's happening, Erica, and I'm sure that you can concur on this one, is because of so much, so many things are just zeroing in on these things that uh, you and I never had to go through in school. It seems like throughout the country, academically, we're going down, down, down. The list is uh, not too bright. No, we actually saw um, decades of academic process, I mean, progress, literally evaporate in the testing that we did after COVID. So it's we just saw any gains that we had made um, over the past few decades, gone. Obviously, certain you know certain groups of students were hit harder. So low-income students, we saw, did a lot worse. We saw students of color did worse. Um, boys generally are just in free fall on a lot of academic measures. Um, that's something that barely gets talked about, but it's absolutely true. And it's not just math, and it's not just reading, and it's not just civics, and it's not just science. I mean, it's really everything which is, again, one of the reasons why people are so frustrated about these massive expenditures on all of this non-academic stuff that I would argue not only doesn't help students do better academically or help them even socially and emotionally, I would argue that it's actually hurting them in all of those ways. Because when you, you know, when you teach resentment and grievance and shame and guilt mm-hmm. and and, and and denigration and division, that's not going to help anybody. Um, and it's also, you know, we're just seeing much worse academic outcomes. It, it's really bad. I mean, parents really should take a look and just see 
you know, how are students doing in their district and how are they doing, you know, in nearby districts and how are they doing in the, in the more urban districts. Um, and then, you know, maybe begin to make a little bit noise of, of noise about how much more important it is. I mean, it's funny. We hear people talk all the time about the school-to-prison pipeline. That's a big part of this social justice stuff. But the, the school-to-prison pipeline is literacy. The vast majority of incarcerated people can't read on grade level. So if we could just focus, I mean, can we just do one thing well? Can we just <laughs> teach kids to read well? Um, and the answer to that right now is no, we can't. But certainly that, you know, we need to, again, make that a pri- priority and and move away from all of this identity-focused stuff that is, um, it really is hurting kids. And it's really hurting staff. We see the morale in a lot of school buildings really um, suffering because 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 they go into work and they're told we want you to feel discomfort well really a requirement of my workplace now is that i feel discomfort and that's on purpose it's remarkable i mean it's just it's so senseless i mean if i was a teacher i would just i would on big letters on the blackboard i would i would just put the golden rule down and then get down to business and learning yeah, and the thing about the golden rule is that it always works, right? Like if you teach, when you teach children to be kind and treat people the way they want to be treated, yeah. you've actually, that's really an umbrella for all of these categories and all of these topics that the schools insist on talking about. Because cuts. the other thing is, is that there is a backlash. When you have kids who, they don't really care, right? So like they have a classmate who's gay, they have a classmate who's trans, they have, they don't, it's, they don't, it's, they didn't really care. But what we are seeing now is a backlash because they're saying, you're not just telling me to be tolerant. You're forcing me to celebrate it. Yeah. And there, that is a big difference. And when I listen to high school kids talk, they often say that. They, they say, I never cared about this before. I totally respected you. I liked you. Exactly. We didn't even think about exactly. it. We were totally cool. Mm-hmm. And now when you force me to celebrate something um, repeatedly, they're like that's now you push me too far. And then you have a a, a child of color, and uh, they're being taught I should feel less than other kids. You should feel equal that's to correct. them. I mean, it's so ridiculous. That's correct. And they're also being taught your country hates you, mm-hmm. so there's nothing you can do to overcome that. And they're also being taught we're going to lower the bar for you academically because we don't believe that you can meet the higher one. And then all in the name of anti-racism, and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, but see, assuming that they can't do it and lowering the bar for them is actually a very racial, that's actually a very yeah, of discriminatory course. You're, you're and racist thing uh, to do. Just like you hear, you're assuming so they're not going to get to voting places, you know, things like that. It's ridiculous. Yep, right. It's, it's like, I don't believe that you can get an ID. I don't believe that you can get to a voting place. I don't believe that you can pass this math test. I don't believe that you can take algebra in eighth grade. Um, And so what we see again is this lowering of the bar and in the name of equity what they do is they often lower it for everybody Mm -hmm. because of their rather than say no no we're going to do whatever it takes to get you to exceed this bar. You know, Erica... It's a, very, um, it's a sad state of affairs, but... 
but we you're feel there. Like we're seeing some glimmers of hope, so nobody mm-hmm. give up. No, we're not um, going to give up. That's why I have people like you on the show. Just and, you know, and again, like we got to this bad place, it feels sort of quickly, but mm-hmm. um, but we're also going to. I think that we're going to be able to climb out of it. And I do think that a lot of people are beginning to wake up. For a long time, it was like, oh, that can't be true what you're saying, or it can't be that bad, or that's not possible. And what I'm seeing is a lot of people sort of saying, wow, turns out it was true. It turns out that is happening. It turns out it is that insane. Certainly, some of the reactions to this massacre in Israel, you know, the mask has certainly come off for a lot of people. Um, And as much as I hate seeing people who don't have moral clarity when, you know, people are raped, kidnapped, and have their heads cut off. We're seeing a lot of that, too, Um, yeah. I, it's helpful to see who they really are so that people will begin to say, wow, like, I didn't realize it was this bad, and then maybe we can start to turn the ship around. I'm going to talk about that as well. Just a couple of other things. Uh, Erica Sanzi with Director of Outreach for Parents Defending Education. And that is uh, some of the things going on in school. I think basically they're planting seeds for bullies. I think you're more apt to be bullied with some of the rhetoric that you're getting. Oh, 100%. 100%. Because if you, if the kids that you play kickball with every day at recess, if you now just had to do a lesson in class where you had to plot yourselves on an oppre- oppression matrix and you're 8 or 10 years old... Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you're, you know, one of your buddies comes out privileged in all these categories, and you come out oppressed in all these categories, and you're learning that the person oppressing you is your buddy that you like to play kickball with. Well, now you've created a tension there and a distrust there that didn't exist before. Um, it is very bad. And again, and again, kids react differently. For some kids, it really does just kind of like, kind of like water off a duck's back but for some kids it is they take this very seriously they feel it very deeply um and that goes for you know for both groups it goes for the child who begins to feel guilt over things for which they have no Mm -hmm. responsibility and it also happens to the children who are taught to feel you know grievance and resentment towards their own classmates based again solely on their immutable characteristics I don't know if you heard this one, but I think an elementary school is having a coming out day. Have you heard that one? That's oh, that's in Los Angeles. So there's a yeah, there's a they're celebrating that next. They're actually spending a whole week celebrating this day. Mm-hmm. Um, and elementary schools will be focused on sexual orientation and gender identity, and they'll be highlighting some famous trans people. Um, unfortunately, most of the time the kids only get part of the story, so. They might they they get a they get a really like pleasant version of someone's life who transitioned as a child, but all of the hell that that child has now been through mm-hmm. that you know they were castrated by their parents they are morbidly obese they have severe mental health issues they've had to have multiple corrective surgeries they've been declared you know asexual they have no sexual function. None of that is told in the story. So it's just a not. cute little kid who, who was a boy and thought they were a girl, and they write this nice little picture book. And all of the really terrible, terrible truths about what happened to them in that process over the years, well, that all gets left out. 
So, Erica, what uh, would like, uh, like-minded folks uh, do to get more involved with your organization or learn more about this? I think we're fortunately we are learning about it every day. There are still some organizations that uh, don't want to put this out, certain networks, certain television programs. But um, tell us about how we can get more information. Sure. So we, we are a membership organization for people who want to join. I think it's $10 a year, um, but you don't have to join to use all of our resources. So our website is defendinged.org. Um, you can also find us on Facebook. We're also on Twitter, also at, or I'm sorry, X is called, at Defending Ed. Um, and again, we, you can submit tips to us if you have concerns about something happening in your school. We have a, a map where you can look up different incidents in your see if anything in your town is on our map or if there's anything in your state. Um, we have, again, tons of resources for parents. Um, and you're always welcome to reach out to us, too, and just, you know, ask us a question or if you need support with something, and, um, and we can try to help direct you. So defendinged.org is how you reach us. Um, and, yeah, that's what, and that's what we're there for. Eric, it's a pleasure to speak with you, and uh, thanks for throwing some common sense our way today. Have a wonderful day. Thanks so much for having me. Take care. Thank you.